Welcome to the Claudio Rosano Show on ClaudioRosano.com, brought to you by Roscoe Hearing and Allergy Care Center. Claudio will be speaking to sports legends from the 70s, 80s, and 90s about their careers, business, and what they're doing now. He will also hold roundtable discussions with some old friends about trending topics in the world of sports. And now, here's Claudio. Hello, everyone, and thank you so much for tuning in to the Claudio Relsano Show, brought to you by Roscoe Hearing and Allergy Care Center. As always, I want to thank my great producer, Adam Zalouf, for everything. Couldn't do the show without Adam and Rick Mitchell for the introductions and the outros. Today's guest, I, I just said off the air a couple minutes ago, we've been talking about this project for, for quite a while, and uh, here it is. It's finally done. It is the author of the brand-new Rocky Marciano book titled Redemption. The Life of Rocky Marciano. It's a two-volume set, and uh, really excited about this project. I'm very excited to talk to our guest, John Cameron. John, thank you so much for t- for being a guest on the show. Well, thank you very much for having me, Claudio, and it's, it's quite nice that after so many years, I can finally get this project out to you. Well, I know you've uh, you put a lot of hard work into it. You know what? Before we go into everything else... Let's talk about that. How hard of a project was this and some of the hurdles that you had to overcome? Well, to be honest with you, Claudio, it's probably one of the hardest things I've ever done because I started it way back in 1999 was when I first started thinking about doing it. Before the internet, before any of this, this technology we've got today, and if it wasn't for modern technology, then it would be virtually impossible because as you can probably hear by my accent, I'm not American. I don't live in America, so I've had to do it all from overseas. Uh, excuse me, where are you from? I live in a, a small town called Kingstanton, which is in Devon in England, which is down about two, two or three hours from London. Okay. All right. Well, you know what, Adam, our producer is in London, so you're not too, too far uh, from each other, but, which is kind of ironic. But um, why did you choose Rocky Marciano? Well, when I was a child, I, I did a bit of boxing myself, which whenever anyone sees photographs of me and Perry Marciano, Rocky's nephew, commented on it, I look very much like a boxer as well, facially. So <laughs> I was a boxer as a kid. And my um, my father, he was in the army when Rocky Marciano was the champion and he followed him avidly. So when I started boxing, my dad told me all about Rocky and I thought, well, if this guy can move my father like the way that he does, and I need to find out a little bit more about this guy. And when I started watching what was back in the 80s, very rare little video clips and that of him, I thought, wow, for a little bloke to be able to do what he can do, that is just extraordinary. So I just wanted to find out everything I could. Sure. And and being, uh, I'm Italian, of course, and my dad, my mom and dad were born in Italy, but I remember as a little kid, as as soon as I could start remembering things, Rocky Marciano was always talked about in my house. I mean, so was Graziano and, and Primo Canera. My dad loved Primo Canera as well. And my mom was a huge Nino Benvenuti fan. But and then later on, later on in life, you know, Vinnie Pazienza, Ray Boom Boom Mancini, yeah. who are friends of mine and, and Joe Macy and Pauli Malnaggi, Arturo Gatti. But again, the original guy was Rocky Marciano. So I, I still have the newspaper when Rocky passed that my dad kept. And I remember my dad just telling stories about 
uh, you know, when Rocky fought and, and then when he passed and how devastated he was. And really, the Italian I, – I live in an area full of Italians, and, and that was big news. But when Rocky was champ, when my dad was, uh, you know, in, in his 20s, you know, that was a big deal. So did you find that to be a big deal with, with people as you were going through this project? To be honest with you, over here in the UK, Rocky – Rocky Marciano, back when I first started, back in the late 90s, when I first really began digging into it, Rocky Marciano was somebody that people vaguely knew. They they kind of knew the name because back then boxing was, was big, big, big over here in the UK before it got pushed off onto like streaming services, etc. So we always had the heavyweight championship fight. So people were aware of who... Rocky Marciano was, but he wasn't really seen as somebody that was big in the terms of like Mike Tyson or people like that. So he was quite a, when I was starting to tell people, this is a project I'm doing, unless they were old timers, people that were around in the fifties and sixties and knew who he was, it was kind of not frowned upon, but it was kind of like, oh, so just some boxer from the fifties. Different right. now, different now with the internet and with everything else and where you can access information so readily and you can see his fights on YouTube or other streaming services are available. But So you can actually access and see. But back when I first started, it was a real challenge to be able to, to tell people exactly who Rocky Marciano was. And be it myself as well, because I'm I'm from Scottish heritage, so I'm an English guy with Scottish background. I've got no Italian blood in me whatsoever. But Rocky Marciano just transcends all nationalities, which is what I find so remarkable about him. Sure. And here in the States, he is still very much talked about, still very much respected. And I know back to me, I, I have a few posters of him in my office here. And, uh, you know, still watch a lot of his fights. I've read all of his books, and we're going to get to that in a minute as well. But uh, there was a show years ago. I'm not sure what year it was. It was in the late 80s, maybe 87, something like that. But it was a show called Coming to America, uh, starring, <laughs> starring in, you know, I'm sure you know where I'm going with this, yeah. with Eddie, yeah, Eddie yeah, Murphy. Yeah. And yeah. you know, they, they talk about, you know, every time uh, somebody talks about a white person talks about uh, a box, they got to bring up Rocky Marciano. And that that kind of elevated Rocky with uh, in a different age group. But he's still very much respected, still very much almost mythical uh, here in mm -hmm. the States, yeah. you know. And um, so why do you think that is? Why do you think even like when people uh, start to watch him on YouTube or even, as I said, they still we still talk about him all the time. I, I know I almost bring him up all the time on our boxing show, but why do you think he is still such an interesting person? It's a, the main hook upon which his legend hanged, obviously, is the zero part of his career. 49 and 0, 49 fights, no losses. So I think whenever anybody ever talks about boxing or about fighting in general, they'll always bring up Rocky Marciano, which makes him quite amongst some people quite divisive especially in the modern era is that they always question his career and did he build his life on so his career on setups and we fought old men as in the, the coming to america he fought old men joe lois was 157 years old etc etc but um so rocky will always that's why he'll always be the myth he'll always be the perfect champion and there's always people that want to 
put the perfect champion down. And it's my my greatest pleasure is being able to find out that the story behind Rocky Marciano is actually even more remarkable than a lot of people give him credit for. It really is an extraordinary story, and it's been an absolute delight being able to dig deep into his his amateur career and his early professional career and find that he wasn't fed setups at all. He was actually at the start of his career, he was being fed as the setup to other boxers and he just kept plowing through them and plowing through them. Exactly. And you know, the the one thing, you know, we talked about him being mythical, but one thing that is a huge myth that again, back to that movie coming to America when they said Joe Lewis was so old. First of all, Joe Lewis was around 36 years old and he had a string of wins. I don't know if it was 11, 12, 13 wins in a row that he fought some very good, solid fighters and he beat them. And, you know, so it isn't like they make it sound like Joe Lewis woke up, needed the money, fought Rocky, Rocky knocked him out. And that's not the way it was at all. Uh, do you kind of cover that in the book at all? That will be covered in volume two. His volume one obviously goes from 1923 until 1949. So the, right. the first volume follows in detail his, his um, childhood, his army career, his amateur career, and up through up until his fight against Carmine Vingo. And then obviously in the next volume, which that fight happened in 1950, right. there'll be the whole build up around fighting Joe Lois, and it will cover the fact that Joe Lois, Joe Lois was becoming a bit of a, a thorn in the side of the International Boxing Club, which, as you know, at the time was the the um, monopoly on the heavyweight right. championship, and they kept feeding these fighters to Joe Lois and hoping that one day perhaps one of them would beat him, and then it became inevitable that Rocky Marciano had to fight Joe Lois because whoever won that fight would then go on to fight I believe it was um, Edward Charles who was the champion at the time. Right. Yep, September 23rd, he, he knocked out uh, Jersey Joe Walcott. But, you know, we are going to talk about the volumes, volume one and two. And, uh, mm -hmm. again, definitely uh, want to share all the information that you work so hard to cover uh, with our audience. When we come back to the Claudio Rosano Show with the author of the brand-new book, John Cameron, of the Rocky Marciano titled – Redemption, the life of Rocky Marciano. We'll be right back after this. Dr. Roscoe, I've been talking to my dad and he seems out of sorts, like he can't understand what I'm saying. It's not just a hearing problem, Jolie. It is a health problem. Even with a mild hearing loss, our risk of dementia doubles with age. So let's improve dad's hearing and his health. Let us be the solution to his hearing health care needs so you and dad can experience many years of understanding, laughter, and happy memories. Serving the Dubois area for over 20 years, the Roscoe Hearing Care Center in Dubois, Punxsy, and St. Mary's. The hearing solutions you've been looking for. Call us for an appointment today, 814-375-0455. The law offices of Eric Jackson Lurie are available when you need it for all of your defense needs. Maybe it's a DUI, or maybe you found yourself in the wrong place at the wrong time. Whatever the scenario, the law offices of Eric Jackson Lurie are available seven days a week. With a practice based throughout western Pennsylvania, the law offices of Eric Jackson Lurie are conveniently located in downtown Pittsburgh and Fox Chapel. When you or a loved one needs discreet, experienced legal representation, call 
Eric Jackson Lurie at 412-963-9308. That's 412-963-9308. We want to welcome our newest sponsor, Dom's Pizzeria and Sports Bar, 502 Cavett Avenue in Trafford, Pennsylvania. Call 412-372-3667. Dom Pecora, great guy, great food. Make sure you tell him we sent you. Okay, welcome back to the Claudio Relsano Show, the author of the brand new Rocky Marciano book called Redemption, the, like, the Life of Rocky Marciano with the author John Cameron. Uh, John, touch a little bit about, and you kind of did already, but just a little bit more on 1923 to 1949, then what you will be covering after that, second volume. No problem, no problem at all. Um, obviously, 1923, born in 1923, and... It follows through in as much detail as I've been able to uncover all about Rocky's childhood, covers some of the, the key events in his life, his fight that he had in the in the, the yard when he was fighting King of the Hill, found out exactly where that happened. It wasn't just a, a myth story, there was actually a true event that happened there. Going through up to when he was trying out for baseball, how he, he managed to to get himself into the, the Cubs for a tryout, which he didn't get through his own prowess, but it was a friend of his who managed to actually get him a tryout with the Cubs, go through into the Army, his Army career. He actually was um, originally stationed at Fort Devon in Massachusetts, a base he actually built, helped to build himself. His travels over to Wales, which is not far from where I live at the moment, he went over there to Wales and was boxing as an amateur in Wales before then going back to America, where he was facing, where he was based at Fort Lewis in Washington, where his professional, his amateur career really took off as a boxer, and where he decided he was going to do boxing over baseball, and then go through into his early professional career and see them ride up through the. The, the heights into becoming someone who could potentially, he didn't know it quite yet, but could potentially go for the heavyweight championship of the world. Because he didn't start off, although a lot of people will tell you that he knew from the very beginning that he was going to be heavyweight champion. He didn't start off thinking he was going to be heavyweight champion. He just wanted to make something of his life. And he discovered quite early on that one of the things he was really proficient at was fighting. And he was able to fight. So as soon as he realized that he could do something, make some money on it, he began exploring a, a life as a professional. But it wasn't until his about his 15th, 16th fight that he actually thought, perhaps I can actually become a, the world heavyweight champion. And then obviously it goes through to his fight with Carmine Vingo in 1949, which was a huge turning point in his both his career and, and on the other extreme in Vingo's career. And I've managed to make contact with Bingo's son. So I've spoken to so many people who either knew Rocky or knew Rocky's opponents. And some of the stories that I've uncovered and some of the facts that I've been able to, to lay bare are just, it's been a wonderful journey. And obviously, volume two will take in 1953 to 1969, Rocky's rise to the championship, his, his defenses, and then his retirement years which again are, are some shadier aspects of his life because he was quite a private man. And I've been able to uncover some, some wonderful 
wonderful stories, speaking to his nephews and speaking to friends about what he got up to and his travels after his retirement up until that fateful night in 1969. You know, you mentioned Carmine Vingo a few times. Carmine Vingo was a big-time fighter well on his way to really becoming a force in the heavyweight division. until, And he was giving Rocky a hard time as well, and Rocky mm-hmm. just over just overpowered him and Vingo never fought again. Same with Roland Lestars. Roland Lestars was a time fighter. But the reason why people don't talk about them as much and maybe give Rocky the respect he deserved for beating them is because he did so much damage to them that they were never the same again. Do you agree with that statement? I totally agree with that. Totally agree. Before he fought Carmine Vingo, there was, because he fought a lot of his early professional fights were around the Providence area right? and around in, that's in New England and places like that. And the New England boxing board at the time actually brought in a law, which they called the Marciano law, specifically called it the Marciano law. And a lot of people have looked at his early record and said, oh, he didn't win by knockouts. The referee stopped the fight or there was some other shenanigans going on. So he didn't knock all these people out. But the New England Boxing Board brought in a law which said if they actually told the referee that if Rocky Marciano had an opponent in trouble, they would have stopped the fight immediately because they were so terrified of an incident occurring. And the first fight, or one of the first fights that he had outside of New England, which was the Carmine Vingo fight, that law wasn't in effect and it almost tragically came to pass. But there's actually a story that will be captured in the second volume about Cotman things that I've uncovered, which probably might give some basis as to why Carmine's injuries were as severe as they were. So that's something that will be coming up in volume two. Oh, good. Okay. And, and you mentioned Providence, Rhode Island, as I mentioned, the outside Vinny Pazienza, and now Vinny Paz, former five-time world champion uh, boxer. I used to go to his fights, and uh, a few of them were in, a couple of them were in, in uh, Providence, and then most of them were at Foxwoods Casino in Connecticut. But a lot of the old timers, whenever I would go to one of Vinny's banquets or fights, these guys who were in their 70s and some even in their 80s, and they would just talk with such reverence about Rocky. And they were surprised that I knew everything that I knew about Rocky, but they enjoyed telling me even more. And sometimes you wonder, you know, you know how the fish keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger. Yeah. But, uh, you know, they, they again, they spoke with such reverence with him, which I don't know if any of the fighters today are going to have that uh, respect, love, admiration as Rocky did. I mean, he really connected with people. He did, yeah. He was really... There was one story in him that was in the, the ring many years ago in which they, they said, looking back on some of the great heavyweights of all time, and they said there was only three heavyweight champions that people would actually take their children to for a kiss, and Rocky Marciano was one of them because people absolutely adored him. It's because he was just a man of the people, and sure. he, he had no airs, he had no graces. He just did what he did. When he was in the ring, he was an absolute animal but when he was outside of the ring he was the gentlest kindest most humblest human being you could ever meet he was everybody's friend and i think that's why people really connected to him at the time and are starting to reconnect with him a little bit now right uh there's a family right down the road from me maybe about i'll say seven miles maybe less 
in Ambridge, Pennsylvania, where Rocky is the godfather to uh, a guy named Vince Palladini, who I knew years ago. And again, all you hear is not not even really anything about the boxing. It's just what a nice man he was. And um, I've there's so many things I admired about Rocky. And one of them, and I, I have another podcast, it's a business podcast, and we talk about um, money and, and working hard and different funnels of income, so on and so forth. And Rocky is, a, a tag that comes with him is about his obsession with money, which I appreciate. And But how many people he helped, people don't talk about. He helped Joe Lewis. He helped a lot of people in need of money. And I'm sure you know about the story when he would be asked to do a speaking engagement last minute, he would back out. He said, I can't do it, but George Joe Walcott can do it. Ezra Charles could do it. Joe Lewis can do it. And he would get them the gig. And so, uh, but your thoughts on, well, obviously giving away too much from the book, because we really want people to get the book for sure. And we'll obviously tell them where to get it, but your thoughts on, Rocky Marciano and money. Yeah. <laughs> um, there's a lot told about Rocky and his his, uh, his penchant for money and how he used to hide money away, et cetera, et cetera. But, I mean, if you look at it, he, he came from a poor, a poor, not a desperately poor, but a poorish background. So sure. he, making money was everything to Rocky as it was everything to everybody around at that time and still is today. So whenever he would uh, get the opportunity to earn some money, he'd take it. But he wasn't somebody who was greedy with money. He didn't want to make millions and millions and millions. And if he could, as you've so rightly said, if he could pass on that to someone else, give somebody else the opportunity to earn some money, he also would do that as well. But a lot of people say that his, his fascination with getting cash only, because, of course, he liked to get paid in cash, there's a famous story about where he came over to the UK to do a, a, a speaking tour and um, a newspaper wanted to do an interview with him. And he said, well, I normally get paid for this. So they had to do a whip round and get like 50 pounds. And he said, yeah, that would do. That's fine. And there's right. another story that his nephew told me of where he went to a speaking engagement once. And he went into this speaking engagement and they put a punching bag up. And this was in the, right. I believe it was in the 60s. And uh, Rocky said, what are you putting that up for? And the guy said, well, because we want you, you know, to have a little bit of a chat and then hit the hit the punch bag. And Rocky said, I'm not hitting that punch bag. You know, I'm not, uh, I'm here just to speak. And they went, no, no, you hit the punch bag. And Rocky said, well, every time, I'll tell you what, every time I hit that punch bag, you give me a dollar then. So Rocky hit it 200 times. <laughs> so, but yeah, he would. He would reach out. If you were Rocky's friend, he would do anything for you. And it didn't sure. matter what your background, he would help you out as much as he possibly could. He said at one stage, somebody asked him in one of his final interviews in the late, late 60s, he was asked about his, um, how he got on with his opponents. And he said, in all honesty, I can tell you that pretty much every single opponent, I like every single opponent and we're friends now. And he would, in the 60s, as he traveled around, he would go and he would visit his old opponents famous one for instance Toxy Hall is someone who he sparred with quite a lot during the during the 50s when they were they were spar mates at Rosinger's and when Toxy Hall retired from boxing they never fought 
as professionals, but they sparred a lot. And uh, Rocky actually got Toxie a job as a um, police officer in Chicago. And it was through Rocky's connections and Rocky saying, give this man a job, give this man an opportunity, that things would happen for other people. So he was a, a, an extraordinary friend to have. For sure. They used to say uh, he was the golden key. You know, he, he got a lot That's of absolutely. people. He got a lot of people opportunities. Willie Pep, um, for one, uh, a lot of other ones. I'm sure, you know, Joe Lewis, obviously. And I know he mm -hmm. didn't. I'm sure you cover it. Uh, he didn't want to fight Joe Lewis, but I'm, I'm sure you, you covered that as well. But um, the one thing about the money thing, again, is how many athletes, not just boxers, but how many athletes we see that made a hell of a lot more than Rocky did. And they don't have anything. And I think his fear, like I interviewed uh, Mario Andretti, the, everybody knows who Mario mm -hmm. Andretti is. And yeah. he, he had a, one time he was asked what his biggest fear was. And he very quickly said poverty. And Rocky, I know, and I'm sure you know, he had that fear as well because he saw other fighters uh, made some money and they didn't have it. And um, I, I respected the hell out of that. I, I, uh, I, I just admired the fact that he wanted to make sure he could take care of his family and friends and money was important to him. And, and so, I mean, without going into specific, I mean, so you cover that aspect of his life pretty thoroughly. Oh, uh, everything's going to get covered. Yeah. Absolutely. Everything from, from the meals he had at breakfast at training camps, right through everything is going to be covered in this, in the two volumes. Great. Great. Um, well, we're going to take another quick commercial break to hear from our great sponsors, Roscoe Hearing and Allergy Care Center, Don's Pizzeria and Sports Bar, criminal defense attorney Eric Jackson-Laurie. And don't forget about my, my book, Lead from the Heart Up, Not the Neck Up, How to Create a Positive Winning Culture on the Field and in the Office. You can get that on my website, ClaudioRelsano.com, my publisher, JohnMelvinPublishing.com, Amazon.com, and it's at Barnes & Noble and Robinson Township. Don't forget about our great boxing show, The Boxing Authorities. With Smoke and Jim Frazier and Luther Dupree, you can catch us on Channel Box. Click on the WBC Live link. That's, a, that's the easiest way. Um, and also my other podcast, Monday Night Impact. You can check that out on my website. Click on the link that Mr. Adam Zalouf put up for me. Thank you, Adam. And, of course, my YouTube channel, Claudio Relsano TV. We're right back with the author of the new book, Mar Rocky Marciano Redemption, The Life of Rocky Marciano, back with John Cameron. Dr. Roscoe, I've been talking to my dad and he seems out of sorts, like he can't understand what I'm saying. It's not just a hearing problem, Jolie. It is a health problem. Even with a mild hearing loss, our risk of dementia doubles with age. So let's improve dad's hearing and his health. Let us be the solution to his hearing health care needs so you and dad can experience many years of understanding, laughter, and happy memories. Serving the Dubois area for over 20 years, the Roscoe Hearing Care Center in Dubois, Punxsy, and St. Mary's. The hearing solutions you've been looking for. Call us for an appointment today, 814-375-0455. The law offices of Eric Jackson-Lurie are available when you need it for all of your defense needs. Maybe it's a DUI, or maybe you found yourself in the wrong place at the wrong time. Whatever the scenario, the law offices of Eric Jackson-Lurie are available seven days a week. With a practice based throughout western Pennsylvania, the law offices of Eric Jackson-Lurie are conveniently located in downtown Pittsburgh and Fox Chapel. When you or a loved one needs discreet, experienced legal representation, call 
Eric Jackson Lurie at 412-963-9308. That's 412-963-9308. We want to welcome our newest sponsor, Dom's Pizzeria and Sports Bar, 502 Cavett Avenue in Trafford, Pennsylvania. Call 412-372-3667. Dom Pecora, great guy, great food. Make sure you tell him we sent you. Okay, John. Now, um, did you have any interviews? So you, you mentioned his nephew and things like that. Uh, so obviously his family, family members were on board with this project, correct? Most of them are, yeah. Most of them are absolutely on board. Yeah, there's one or two that, that have shied away a little bit for their own personal reasons, and that's totally their prerogative. But the nephews, I've got several nephews that are involved. His son is very much a champion of the project as well. So I'm, I'm very honoured to be able to say that I've spoken to them personally and that I've got I've correspondence from several people. I say several, I've got correspondence from hundreds of people who've met him, messages via emails, messengers via Facebook, where people can more than happy, if, anyone's, if anyone out there has, has met Rocky or had an experience with Rocky, then please, it's not too late to, to send over your, your reminiscences. And... Um, Yes, most of his family are on board. Good, good. Now, there's a lot of, I wouldn't say a lot of books, but there are several books out there uh, on Rocky. What is different about your book? The difference is that I cover everything. So it's not a case of, I mean, for instance, Mike Stanton done a wonderful book not too far long ago called Unbeaten. I've got all the biographies. I've got them all here in front of me right the way back to Rocky Marciano by Harold Mays that was published in 1954, right up through. So there's about a dozen books that have been published on him so far, which isn't that many when you consider that the first one was like nearly 70 years ago. But the, the unbeaten book is what I regard at the moment as almost, almost a definitive story, but it's only 300 pages or so, whereas not saying just because there's more pages, it's better, but I go into the depth and the detail and the absolute minuscule parts of Rocky Marciano's life. Because I, when I started this project, I read the Ever and Skiing biography, yes. which many yes. people regard, yeah, the biography of a first son. And as I was reading it, being a boxer myself, being someone who's trained and, and fought and been in the ring, not anywhere near the standard of, of Rocky himself, obviously, but there's certain motivations and certain things that go through that make you into a fighter or that, that go through when you're in the ring. So I knew there was things missing from the story, just as there's things missing from every single one. There's gaps and there's there's just little elements that aren't quite there. So I made it my my absolute aim to do everything I could to find every single detail. So it's not just Rocky's story. It's also looking into, as far as I can, the lives and careers of everyone he faced in the professional ring, not just your Joe Lois's or your Archie Moores, but going right back through to his first opponent, for instance, Les Epperson or Lee Epperson, finding out what happened to him, finding out what happened to the other fighters. And it's, through doing that, that I've been able to uncover that some of, like I said earlier, as I alluded to earlier, several of these early opponents weren't 
and in their setups, they were believed to be the ones who were going to beat Rocky. Right, right. And go on through. Now, again, without giving any stories, specific stories, because we do want people to get the book, but. <laughs> You know, we can go on YouTube and see his fights, and and, uh, and and I have a feeling that you covered not just, yeah, Rocky knocked out this guy. He knocked out Kid yeah. Matthews, but I'm sure – Don Cockle. I'm sure that you have stories behind those fights. And also, let me ask you this. In, in everybody – again, we know about his career. That's great. But I like the backstories of the fights and how in-depth – do you have his life after boxing? That there, I've got, that's all coming in uh, volume two, and I have it very, very in depth. I've gone through. I was a. Uh, I went into the newspaper archives, for instance. This is just a for instance, and I have literally gone through every single day that he ever appeared in the press. Wow! And whatever I do from things like that is, I then it then leads off to other avenues. So I'll see something in there. For instance, I'm just flicking through everything that I've got. I kind of put into, I bind up so I have it available that I can actually look at it and read it. Cause I like to have things that I can hold in my hand. So there's things in here. The night he fought the, um, chicken delight or Pope, for instance, all that's going to be covered. His computer fights where he was yes, involved yes. in the computer tournament. Yeah, well, that all started in '67. I've got all the. I've spoken to David Warner in depth as well, whose father Murray Warner was the one who came up with the computer fights. That's right. I've got all about every single visit he done, every single little little um where he was a, a member of certain certain organisations, and he was a member of. He was a baseball scout for a while for a couple of particular teams because people like to associate themselves with Rocky Martiano. I didn't know that. I did not know yeah. that. Yeah, he was. Yeah, he was a, a baseball scout. And uh, I'll, I'll get the information. Of that will all be in there. It's all stuff that's trickled into my into my head as I'm, I'm talking to you. <laughs> also, I've got all the information here, and it's so much information that it pushes some stuff out. But that's why I've got it all bound up in in books and in uh, all printed out, so it's all ready to go. And uh, as I say, I've spoken to spoken to the late Johnny Fratto. I've spoken to yes. other people who knew Rocky in his retirement years, and I've got some really, really good stories about Rocky in his retirement. Great. Now, one thing that I've been very disappointed in, and I, I'm curious your opinion, there have been two movies, <laughs> I want to say. There was uh, the first one years ago. Uh, what, was, what was the guy's name who played? He was an Italian guy. Tony, he said his, Tony Lobianco. Yes, and he played – he was yeah. in the second movie playing uh, like a mobster. Playing Carlo. Yeah. Yes, yes. And then yeah. the second movie was uh, John – the hell is his name? John I, Favreau. I, John Favreau. And <laughs> I, I, I like the Favreau one a little bit better, but to be honest with you, I don't think it painted a good picture of Rocky. I mean, I, I, a good enough picture of Rocky. And whenever you're doing a movie, in my opinion, especially one of Rocky Marciano, who you did not have to embellish, you did not have to Hollywoodize mm -hmm. it, you have to do that. You have a big responsibility because there's a lot of people who do not know Rocky Marciano, who he was, and whatever you put up there, 
they're going to believe that's the truth. Uh, your thoughts on those movies, and will ever do you ever plan on maybe doing something like that? A movie? Well, you're not the first one to ask me that. Actually, no, his, one, his nephew Perry asked me the same thing as well, and because the Marciano family really want to see a movie that's true to life. Because the the Marciano family, from those I've spoken to, they prefer the first movie the one from 1977 in comparison to the John Favreau movie. There were so many inaccuracies in the John Favreau movie that it's just, it, it, well, it's just ridiculous. I mean, they said they had Rocky, for instance, visiting Joe Lois in, in, a, in a mental asylum where Joe Lois was apparently at the time. That never happened. They had um, Carmine Vingo's mother slapping Rocky Marciano right. after the fight. That never happened. So... They took the liberties, it's, uh, it's a slight understatement. But the thing that's fascinating about the first uh, movie with Tony Lobianco is the guy who played Joe Lois in that movie was actually Coley Wallace, who fought Rocky Marciano in 1948. So it was the same guy who actually fought Rocky, and he played Joe Lois in the Joe Lois story as well. Yeah, I, I was just so disappointed, and I knew a lot of the inaccuracies and uh, I, I just wasn't crazy about it. And, and like I said, there was no need for that because, uh, no. you know, Rocky had a very interesting life and, and, but it sounds, and I know for a fact that you cover it in detail. And uh, so the first one is available now and we will get to how to mm -hmm. get it. But, uh, when do you think the second volume will be finished? It's aimed for September, 2023, which obviously will be Rocky's 100th anniversary. That's what I'm aiming something? for that isn't that something? That's that's crazy, uh, because like I said, I still watch many of his fights. I try to get as many interviews as I can uh, to to listen to them, and I've read all the books. And uh, trust me when I tell you, you know, my dad was just crazy about him, which in turn made me crazy about him uh, in the ring and out. Um, mm -hmm. But uh, so tell us uh, how we can get, uh, you know, how we can order Volume One. Volume one's available on Amazon. It's exclusively on Amazon. The entire project is completely independent. I did have a publisher at one stage who was interested, but the problem with publishers, as I'm sure you'll know, is they want to do things their way and they want to trim things down and cut things yeah. and manipulate things. So this is completely independent. So it's available on Amazon, Amazon worldwide, anywhere in the world. If you go onto your Amazon site, you can find it. And it's Redemption, the Life of Rocky Marciano, Volume 1, 1923 to 1949. And I'm definitely going to get it. And whenever you're done, I want you back on the show again. And I'd like you to come on our boxing TV show. We discussed that, I think you said, sometime in July. Uh, because I, I know you, you – I'm sorry? Absolutely. Yeah, I, mean, I know you worked your tail off on this. And and I, I'm really, really excited to, to get Volume 1 and – even more excited to get volume two and uh, whatever we can do to promote uh, this great project and help you out. Uh, definitely. We'll do that, John. And we certainly appreciate you uh, being on the show and we will definitely keep in touch. We've been in touch all these years. And when I, when I saw you sent me an email, I saw, man, he didn't forget me. So it was great I to hear from you. <laughs> <laughs> no. And uh, like I said, I very excited. Oh, it's my pleasure. My pleasure. And, uh, I will, I will get the book. I'll read it. And, uh, I'll make some comments. I'll send it to you. And like I said, maybe we'll have you on again even before uh, the second volume is out, if that's okay with you. 
No problem at all. No problem at all. It's given me some time to finish it off, though. It's going to be a lot of work. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, I know that. I know that. But, um, you know, like I said, I really enjoyed this. I couldn't wait to uh, to, to get you on. And uh, thank you for taking the time. Thank you. No problem. Thank you very much. Okay, brother. Okay, everyone. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Make sure you get that book for sure on Amazon. The uh, first volume is 1923 to 1949. The, the book is called Redemption, The Life of Rocky Marciano. The author is John Cameron. So make sure you get that, please. Um, back to uh, our stuff. Our, our Thank you to our great sponsors, Roscoe Hearing and Allergy Care Center, Don's Pizzeria and Sports Bar, criminal defense attorney Eric Jackson. Lori, we have another great sponsor coming up very soon. Great people, great company. I will announce that soon. And of course, my book, Lead from the Heart Up, Not the Neck Up, How to Create a Positive Winning Culture on the Field and in the Office. You can get that on my website, ClaudioRelsano.com, JohnMelvinPublishing.com. And you can get it at the Barnes & Noble at Robinson Township. The Boxing Authority is with Luther Dupree Jr. and Smokin' Jim Frazier. The best boxing show out there, trust me. The best way to check that out is the easiest way is go to Channel Box. Click on the WBC live link and you'll see us there. Or you can see us on PCTV 21, Verizon, or no, Comcast, PCTV 47 on Comcast, or live.vivetv.network. And my other podcast, Monday Night Impact, we talk business, leadership, life. Uh, that's on at 7 p.m. Eastern time on Mondays. You can check that out on ClaudioRelsano.com and my new uh, YouTube channel, Claudio Relsano TV. So you're going to get sick of me, but that's okay. It's, it's good content. Uh, as always, thank you, Rick Mitchell and my fantastic producer, Adam Zaluth. And as always, thank you, Mom and Pop. Talk to you guys soon. Thank you for listening to The Claudio Rosano Show, brought to you by Roscoe Hearing and Allergy Care Center. Be sure to tune in next time on ClaudioRosano.com. I talk to my mom, she can't understand me. She gets so cranky and irritable. Well, your mother's ears cannot understand speech sounds, and that leaves her trying to guess what you said. This makes conversation exhausting for her. Can we help her? Yes, Julie. Once we improve her hearing, she'll be less frustrated and be able to enjoy talking with you again. If your loved one needs help hearing and understanding, call the Roscoe Hearing Center at 814-375-0455. Hearing solutions with the care you've been looking for. Officers of Eric Jackson Lorry are available when you need it for all of your defense needs. Maybe it's a DUI, or maybe you found yourself in the wrong place at the wrong time. Whatever the scenario, the law offices of Eric Jackson Lorry are available seven days a week. With a practice based throughout western Pennsylvania, the law offices of Eric Jackson Lorry are conveniently located in downtown Pittsburgh and Fox Chapel. When you or a loved one needs discreet, experienced legal representation, call Eric Jackson. Jackson Lurie at 412-963-9308. That's 412-963-9308. We want to welcome our newest sponsor, Dom's Pizzeria and Sports Bar. 
502 Cavett Avenue in Trafford, Pennsylvania. Call 412-372-3667. Don Pecora, great guy, great food. Make sure you tell him we sent you.